news quite a lot recently in like the past few years like the athletes you know going into like full cardiac going to into full cardiac rest on 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 the playing field and that's that's really inter- i mean that's really interesting um and what would you say would be just as just to start off the show what would you say would be the leading cause of why there's a growing number of athletes um that are going into let's say full cardiac arrest on the playing field maybe not getting enough water or hydrating themselves well i think it's um a combination of things but the uh, most common uh, cause of sudden cardiac arrest in athletes on the field or you know um during any kind of activity outside the sport is a cardiac uh, muscle condition called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And those are two long words. Essentially, um, what the disease process is, is a abnormal thickening of the uh, muscle in the pumping chamber that is um, during times of stress and high heart rate, uh, like you would expect during exercise and um, during workout and game conditions, then that heart muscle uh, is stressed, uh, can lead into fatal um, arrhythmias of the heart. And arrhythmias are like it abnormal heart rhythms. Is that am I correct? That's exactly correct. And um, while some arrhythmias are uh, tolerated, um, others are unfortunately uh, are lethal. And that's what happens to some athletes on the playing field. Right. So when you hear in the news about an athlete in um, football, basketball, or marathon running that uh, suddenly dropped. Um, there's a high percentage of um, these athletes had an underlying um, heart muscle condition, uh, just like the one I just described, or some um, predisposition uh, from other cardiac causes, but was never previously diagnosed. Um, so I think this is where cardiac screening, particularly for athletes and uh, competitive sports becomes uh, very, very important. I see. And is this a trend that we've only recently been noticing or has this always been around? It's just that we've just been more vigilant in the past, like, let's say, decade or so, and we've caught more cases of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Cardiomyopathy, okay. I, I realize it's too long. Words. I think it's a combination of things, Nathan. I think it's um, more young adults are going into more competitive situations um, than ever before. Um, as you may or may not know, Orange County is among the leading counties in the country for um, uh, per capita for number of athletes in both the NCAA and, and at the Olympic level. So we're particularly uh, vulnerable to um, athletes from having uh, sudden cardiac uh, issues on the field. Um, so the combination of that, an underlying cardiac condition that may be under-recognized, so maybe um, previously when athletes thought to have heat stroke or sudden heart um, conditions and uh, was probably not recognized as having underlying heart conditions. So we're certainly a lot more uh, vigilant as well as um, cognizant of underlying cardiac conditions that may have caused the sudden cardiac arrest in the first place. and rather than dehydration as the leading cause. Um, I think also with the um, access to media uh, in all forms, I think that the news certainly um, 
travels quickly and is much more widespread than before. And but I, and, and also um, probably underlying all of this is a suspected growing trend in use of stimulants in terms of um, different uh -huh. kinds of drinks and also uh, potential um, uh, steroid use. So I think it's a combination of all of the above. Oh, okay. So they're, we're bringing into account supplements now. So it's not just, oh, we're overworking ourselves because the competition in these sports, such as football and basketball and things that require high cardiac output. Um, but it's also that we're bringing in, I, I've heard of some supplements such as creatine, glutamine, and these things that may work your heart in, uh, in stressful ways that may put us at a greater, um, make us more prone to getting such conditions? Right. I think uh, even athletes with an underlying condition, um, such as hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, where the heart muscle is thickened, um, can have increased risk um, with uh, use of supplements, as well as uh, conditions on the field that increases the heart rate uh, at very high ranges. So um, I'm not saying that all young adults with hypertrophic even will have a sudden cardiac arrest, but certainly um, in the perfect storm con conditions with dehydration, high heart rate, stress, um, high um, catecholamines in the body, that can certainly predispose an athlete uh, with a very thickened heart into having a sudden cardiac arrest. Mm, so it's, it's a number of there's a number of factors that play a role, and for those that are listening right now, uh, this, and for those of you that are athletes at UC Irvine, this is really important that you keep in mind. If you if you do, I mean, take supplements, um, please keep hydrated as well, and research your supplements and make sure you know all the you know, you know all the effects of what you know creatine or glutamine can do in your body. If it draws water into your muscles, then please hydrate yourself so that um, you know you're not losing water in other vital parts of your body and um, just take all precautions, and Dr. Chang brings up great points. Um, also, before Nathan, we leave the topic, um, I think, um, uh, unfortunately, actually, the majority of um, sudden cardiac arrests and deaths are actually seen at the high school level. So, um, oh, wow. an athlete, even at the high school level, um, there's some controversy about this, and I, I don't want to not mention that. Um, but I, I think um, a certain portion of pediatric cardiologists will recommend at least a screening electrocardiogram uh, before uh, highly competitive athlete uh, situations, even at the high school level. Because that's where we uh, actually, unfortunately, see young people go down uh, with this underlying condition of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or other conditions. and not having had um, a screening electrocardiogram. Now, screening electrocardiograms are important, but obviously not the only test that will pick up heart disease. So um, if um, after a screening electrocardiogram, it's up to the parent as well as the school coach and the athlete to pursue uh, additional testing. Okay, and EKG is one way of going about it. What are some, briefly, other ways of, of getting a screening that are, are affordable for most families out there? Well, um, that's a great question, Nathan, because it's obviously um, it's not a uh, sort of a health care policy right now about this, and that's what, what's generating a lot of controversy. 
Um, unfortunately, um, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which again is, is the most common cause, but it's not the only cause of sudden cardiac arrest, um, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy is, uh, can be picked up on the electrocardiogram maybe um, two out of three times or more. Uh, given the right uh, training uh, and right physician looking at the electrocardiogram. Um, unfortunately, it's a uh, often clinically silent disease so that the high school physical uh, for the athlete often will not uh, be good enough to pick up this um, heart muscle condition because it simply doesn't, um, uh, oftentimes it does not make a noise called a heart murmur to lead the clinician to suspect something may be different about the heart and thus leading to a consultation with a pediatric cardiologist, which almost always will lead to an electrocardiogram and also uh, an echocardiogram. Uh, and the echocardiogram is an ultrasound examination of the heart that is done with um, a trained echocardiography uh, technician and interpreted by a pediatric cardiologist. I see. So we have these multiple tests, we have the EKGs, the echocardiograms, and so I guess ultimately we would want people to understand that, okay, so we want to be aware of, of, of the stakes um, going into competitive sports, um, and we want to do our best to prevent um, such conditions happening on the field, and ways to do that are besides um, keeping hydrated in the field and doing a little research, and it's my, you know, preventing um, such conditionings from ever happening by getting EKGs or echocardiograms. And you, as you say, it is a silent, um, it is, is it, it's a silent condition. And, I mean, it can, it can happen at any time or it, it's not very noticeable, at least to the high school athlete. And that's something that's m most worrisome. Um, so I guess all we can do if there's so little, um, room for detection for at least for some people is to do our best to prevent ourselves from getting these conditions on the field and doing our best to keep ourselves hydrated and um, in terms of diet and health and annual health screenings just keep keep on top of that yes um, so in summary basically I think particularly for athletes that are going to be in competitive sports um, obviously, that's not a 100% rule because there's certainly athletes in uh, non-competitive sports that have um, uh, had uh, cardiac issues. But for the most part, the highly competitive sports, um, mainly baseball, uh, mainly basketball and football, and some long-distance running are the sort of the sports that are most closely associated with a sudden cardiac event. And... Um, I have to pay tribute to the um, um, Orange County Department of Education for collaborating with the Heart Institute here at Chalk Children's Hospital to form uh, a, a coalition of activities and leadership to deal with this particular issue. It's been ongoing for the last four or five years and has led to some um, community uh, movement to screen uh, high school students for um, uh, this particular cardiac uh, disease. Um, again, um, the test that uh, ultimately will sort of raise the 
safety margin, if you want to call it that, for athletes to participate would include um, a consultation with the cardiologist, a screening electrocardiogram that may or may not lead to uh, a ultrasound study of the heart called an echocardiogram. And uh, in some countries, Nathan, um, these two these um, two tests are, are mandatory to participate in any um, competitive sport. Um, and also, in some countries, they uh, request an exercise test, which is the third test, um, to for a young adult to participate in sports. So the spectrum is certainly very large for what's expected in terms of um, screening tests to participate in competitive sports. So it ranges from the U.S., which really doesn't have any um, health policy re, uh, demanding any kind of screening, um, to countries abroad, um, such as Italy and Israel, that will actually request the athlete to undergoing a whole battery of tests, including the exercise tests, and sometimes even uh, on an annual basis, Nathan. I see. And so what you're saying, some countries such as Italy and Israel, they have these, like you could say, universal mandates in place, these battery of tests to keep athletes healthy and protected. Um, and I'm guessing the reason why, the, I mean, there's no universal mandate for all these tests in the United States is, I guess money's the big issue. Um, but I guess, well, I mean... Money can or cannot be an issue. It depends on your um, perspective, Nathan. I think, um, you know, lots of money is being spent for um, uniforms and and other aspects of the sport. Um, I think it's up to the discretion of the coach, the player, and the parent to pursue um, screening. And uh, until we have something, um, you know, mandatory in place, obviously it's just up to the individual. So we as individuals have to take more responsibility to be more protective and more aware of our, of our own conditions and to protect ourselves in the fields. And I think that's great, and I, I agree with you um, that it's starting to take off, and our community is starting to become more aware, because, I mean, at my high school, at least, we had a kid um, whose name I will not say over the air, but he had died from which I believe is um, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Um, and after that, we started started to have a school-wide EKG screening for all athletes who are interested in any sport whatsoever, not just the very high-intensity and highly competitive sports. And I thought, I mean, that's one of the... I wouldn't say the, the best ways, but I guess one way for people to, to be more aware and to be more vigilant about their own health is for something tragic to happen. And, I mean, I, I hope this doesn't have to happen at every high school for, you know, for EKG screenings to be in place. But um, I mean, we're doing a little thing right now, just letting people out there know, whoever's listening, um, that, I mean, if your team doesn't sponsor it or, if, you know, your state doesn't sponsor it, I mean, um, you got to have your own individual responsibility to take care and get those annual screenings, and um, to the, do all you can to make sure you're you're, um, you're you're prime and prim on the field. Yes, Nathan. One of the um, um, sort of driving forces for me personally to take this on uh, as the director of Heart Institute and encouraging other cardiologists to get more involved, as well as the community high school coaches, uh, the educators, as well as the athletes, is that. Um, you know, Orange County around the country is known to be a very sports-oriented uh, county. So I think it's uh, appropriate that we are one of the leading counties in the country to try to organize um, an effort to uh, take care of the athlete in terms of a cardiac evaluation 
um, by setting some uh, hopefully standards in the future for um, screening for um, cardiac diseases. And even with optimal screening, then it's important to understand and know that not all of the many cardi potential cardiac issues uh, can be diagnosed. So um, I always, always try to advocate the importance of CPR training as well as uh, AED um, use for um, high schools so that uh, if something does happen that everyone will be prepared to do CPR and use the um, defibrillator that you see um, uh, in quite a few locations now around the county. And in these situations, time is of an essence as well. And, and I think you bring up a great point. People are saying, oh, you know, this couldn't have been prevented before the game. But, I mean, when it happens, you, I mean, you can't think about that stuff. You just have to think about what you can do for the person at that moment. And sometimes you have a field of maybe people who aren't trained in CPR, AED, or, and you won't have the EMTs or the paramedics come in time. And what are you going to do? You can't just let them sit there. You can't just let them, you know. You have to get into action and uh, CPR I mean it can be successful sometimes and it might not be successful sometimes but um, getting everyone on board and getting everyone trained to this is a necessary precaution and it's a great precaution as well. It's my um, dream and vision Nathan is to see um, everyone in the county to be CPR trained and as a matter of fact um, again due to a uh, uh, as a result of a great collaborative effort with the OC Department of Education we're starting a movement to train high school students uh, or at least make them aware and be exposed to the concept of CPR. I think if we can train our young adults to learn CPR, hopefully by the time they're adults, and, and um, chances are very good that you may have to use it someday and that it will be a natural skill set rather than something that's very um, awkward and unfamiliar uh, even if you're trained in CPR, it's important to review. So I think if you learn it as a younger adult, then I think uh, you're more likely to do the CPR correctly. And uh, so I think uh, as part of the whole athlete screening process, we've evolved into a much bigger health issue, Nathan, which is trying to get as many people in the county to be CPR trained, and also, and that includes the... Um, uh, ability to use an AED, which has been very much simplified so that um, uh, with uh, some training you should be able to use it very comfortably. Um, there was an interesting uh, observation at um, a city um, that uh, was um, pressing um, AED use and CPR training in high schools to, as part of the effort to um, help resuscitate athletes that might go down. What they found was, Nathan, that they actually ended up saving more adults that happened to be there than the athletes themselves. So you talk about a great dividend that was unexpected, and that's what I'm hoping is to use the vehicle of athlete heart health to um, also include uh, everybody in the county in terms of not just heart screening, but also use the CPR and AED. So by learning these skills, we are not, we're not only helping out our athletes, but we're also helping out others in our community, other citizens of our community, um, out. And we're helping them, you know, um, by, by having CPR training uh, for a majority of our community's population, we're helping out those that are not just athletes, but those that are also at risk of, you know, cardio, cardiac, cardio, I mean, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or other heart conditions. Right. Well, as you know... Um just a simple heart attack 
um, is the number one cause of um, death in the, in the country. So cardiovascular disease is always and will be for quite some time the number one disease burden in this country and worldwide, by the way. So I think um, good citizenship hopefully someday will um, uh, requires a strong word, but um, sort of um, to be a good citizen, hopefully that will in include um, the ability to do CPR because um, you might need it someday yourself, and it will be nice to know that there are people around that can help uh, resuscitate you. And as you mentioned so um, aptly before, it has to be done in a timely fashion. It has to be done um, effectively. So the first three minutes are going to be very key to anyone surviving an out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. Time is of an essence, and ultimately for those out there, um, their ultimate goals, it's got to be awareness and prevention of what's going on in terms of, you know, cardiovascular diseases and the conditions that can um, really be a detriment to us all. And um, besides getting screening, it's really important to be um, vigilant about our own health. And I wanted to touch on something else before we move into heart biotechnology, Dr. Chang. And I, I just, it slipped my mind. And I'm trying to think of it. Um, oh, yeah. And also learning, I mean, besides CPR and AED, um, I mean, a lot of us, I mean, at the high school level, I mean, those who become lifeguards or I think there are a lot of athletes that do learn CPR AED, but at the same time, it's such a long time before they actually need to use it that their skills go unused and they forget a lot of their training. And because no one ever expects, oh, I'm going to be the one that's resuscitating this person. And that, right. that, that might be what happens also. Everyone should review um, doing CPR and use of AED every few months. And the American Heart Association now has on their website uh, ways you can actually train, either uh, get additional review online and also through a, uh, a very simple kit. So I think um, repetition is certainly very important. And I just want to also um, uh, mention that, you know, I'm also seeing a lot of obesity now more than ever before associated with hypertension. And I know it's always um, very easy to talk about athlete and heart health because it's such a um, um, dramatic event when it does happen, but also obesity and hypertension, which are maybe uh, not as newsworthy, but certainly very, very high in terms of disease burden. So just want to mention that um, every young adult should know what their BMI or body mass index is so that you know if you're overweight or obese. And unfortunately, that's rapidly on the rise, as you know, Nathan. I so have been aware, yes. That's associated with hypertension or high blood pressure. And um, it's unfortunate I'm seeing that more than ever before. So not only are we seeing cardiovascular conditions that are standing alone, but they can be either be a cause or effect of other conditions such as diabetes. You know, I guess cardiovascular disease can, be, can stem from diabetes or other way around. It's all, as you correctly pointed out, it's all interrelated. So um, being overweight or being obese um, is associated with increased risk for diabetes, uh, increased risk for cardiovascular disease, as well as strokes and high blood pressure. Once again, folks, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We are currently speaking to Dr. Anthony Chang, um, Director of the Heart Institute at Chalk Hospital of Orange. Um, and Dr. Chang, in our last two minutes, if we could please touch on heart biotechnology and what is new in the field. Um, we've just gone over um, people that may be at risk of cardiovascular conditions and most likely athletes. Um, and we've gone over how it's interrelated with 
maybe perhaps diabetes, um, obesity, and a host of other heart conditions, and transitioning into heart biotechnology. Um, we well, know it's, um, the next 50 years are going to be, uh, in my um, personal opinion, the most exciting um, period in medicine because we're sort of on the launching pad of a lot of very, very exciting things. And even in the news, you're starting to hear very exciting things. ranges from the um, biotechnology involved in the Olympic runner that uh, was a double amputee um, yes. to um, new developments like um, organ printing, which is essentially um, creating an organ like uh, a body organ like the heart in the next uh, decade like as if you're just running a uh, copy of um, or Xeroxing something from the printer. Um, also, other developments in the future will be genetic testing for all the cardiac diseases that we just mentioned. So you would actually know your risk for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or your risk for even obesity and diabetes. Um, obviously, heart surgery is um, better than ever before, and there will be robotic surgical techniques. And my personal, uh, and, and then um, there's nanotechnology, which is use of um, molecules in medicine that's brand new. And the future heart medications will be even uh, organ-directed, so the medicines will go right to the heart, through the veins, rather than affecting the whole body, because um, a lot of the medications we use in cardiology uh, affect the rest of the body, and it'll be really nice to have a sort of a target uh, direction for medications. And uh, lastly, my personal interest is use of artificial intelligence in medicine, and that's going to be also a, a very fertile area in the future for research that leads to better heart health. So not only will we have organ printing, which is really quite phenomenal in itself just thinking about it, um, so we might not even need organ donors in the future? Is that, I mean, is, is that a possibility? Yes, in the future, you'll simply be um, just um, ordering uh, an organ like you order a medication. So a lot of the new topics I just mentioned, Nathan, um, just want to um, put in a word for um, an exciting uh, meeting that uh, Chalk Children's Hospital is, is planning on next year around October. So it's about a, a year uh, away. Uh, the meeting is called Pediatrics 2040. So as the name implies, it's all about um, future application of technology um, in pediatric medicine, and a lot of the topics will be discussed. So it's an exciting meeting that uh, will draw national attention um, to Orange County. Great. And what, around what time of the year will that be held? Because I will mark my calendar for that event. <laughs> <laughs> that will be in October. Perfect. And I will be sure to look on the Chalk website to look out for this event. And for those of you listening right now, that's also... Is it open to the public, Dr. Chang? Um, yes, it will be. Um, it will, um, basically publicizing to the medical community as well as the children's hospital community. But certainly it would be available for anyone uh, in the public. Great. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Chang, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. We've learned so much from you, and especially for those... I mean, not just athletes out there, but anyone who's been listening, um, remember... Got to be aware, got to prevent, um, and learn your CBR and AED skills, and those will help you out a bunch if anything should arise. And in terms of heart artificial intelligence, uh, there are many things on the horizon that are very mentally stimulating and very exciting. Um, once again, thank you very much, Dr. Chang, and take care. Thank you, Nathan. My pleasure. That was Dr. Chang of the Heart Institute at Chalk Hospital. A very exciting interview, uh, but right now we're going to ease into... Uh, 
our digital future with Ziba Z. So thank you very much for listening. Until next Thursday morning. Mm-hmm.